Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra. I'm Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you this evening? I'm doing just fine. How about you? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not too, too, too bad. My, uh, my knee's been giving me problems. So I've been icing it and resting it. Um, these shoes I use at work are like the, the worst shoes I've ever had, uh, for stability and comfort. Uh, so I just got a pair of Crocs. I finally broke down and got a pair of Crocs. So they're actually uh, helping my yeah. knee. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you gotta go for, I guess, as you get older, more for comfort rather than looks. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I absolutely don't give a shit about appearance as much anymore like if, I, if i'm going out and you know have a nice dinner or something like that you know i, I won't look like a schlub but uh yeah i got the new balances now I, i'm sweatpants all the time man i'm i'm i don't know who who do i have to impress these days jp i don't know uh, right that's absolutely how i look at it i, I think I, I sprained my knee a week or two ago to uh be getting better but i absolutely feel yeah that's uh I'm getting some new shoes too. Yeah, I got. Uh, it's crazy how much shoes will will do that. I uh, I got lucky. Um, producer Jess had. Um, she she ordered the like uh, one of like the food uh, subscription things you get online, like uh, uh, fresh something. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, uh, they send you food every week or month or whatever your subscription is, and they send it in this like I think it's called Viking Ice. It's just like this kind of an ice pack used for the food but it keeps it cold forever like for for a long time so i've been throwing that in i've been throwing it over uh the ice cream container to to mold my leg and it's been hugging my leg it's been perfect it's mm, great yeah yeah uh, it's good well lamar jackson dealing with knee issues too so i saw his time frame was one to three weeks and uh after a couple of weeks, I feel like I'm starting to feel better. So, uh, at least I'm not crazy. I know. The time well, clearly they can win without their starting quarterback or their backup quarterback. Let's uh, let's get right into yeah. that, JP. <laughs> some some of the uh, Raven Steeler talk uh, injuries. Uh, big big topic from that, uh, especially in the quarterback position. Uh, Lamar Jackson not playing going into it. Huntley got hurt during the game as well as Kenny Pickett, and we saw Mitch Trubisky in relief of him. JP, thoughts on Trubisky's play? Um, for Trubisky, he had a few uh, costly turnovers, three interceptions. Obviously, it was a difference maker. But I, I really do feel like he came in and played with a little bit more of urgency. He did uh, take more shots downfield than Kenny Pickett generally does, which I was happy to see. It seemed like like they were moving the football with Trubisky under center. He... Uh, seemed to trust his wide receivers better. He actually converted 22 first downs and had zero three and outs all day. Wow. And, uh, I mean, two, yeah, 276 yards, a touchdown, 22 of 30. But it seemed like every time they were getting anything rolling, it was just a costly interception. And uh, there were interceptions that were on him where linebackers were drifting underneath where he didn't see them. And he just made a couple bad reads. And uh, in the long run, that's what really uh, – prevented them from putting up any more points on the board. Those interceptions, though, I'll tell you what, especially the one from Queen, they were athletic interceptions. Like, the, you see linebackers making interceptions off tips, and, you know, they, they they basket catch it, kind of. He's making that catch, like, fully extended with his hands. It was a hell of a catch, both of them. At, at least the two linebacker ones, the Smith and the Queen one. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, they were playing over top underneath, and it seemed like Trubisky just missed them, and the guys were able to break on it. Like maybe they were playing uh, more loose coverage. They were um, baiting Trubisky into throwing the balls where they wanted him to put it. And uh, I mean, that's really looking back on it, what cost him the game? Because I mean, you get field goal on either one of those drives, you get you get a different outcome. I tell you what, some of those linebackers are uh, are, are tough news for the Steelers. Looking at you know. Uh, younger guys who can wreck havoc, uh, Patrick Queen, like we were saying, and, and Smith, 
some of these guys on the Ravens defense, I mean, they're known to be to be hard hitting. Uh, you know, that's kind of their MO, like the Steelers for years and years. But some of these guys, they're there's they're a talented bunch. Yeah, they got uh, they're very strong inside, like said of Queen Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they got the veterans on the outside, uh, Pierre Paul, Justin Houston, who's actually uh, having a pretty solid year. Um, but one thing too is the Ravens are no slouch on defense. Like they have Pro Bowl level corners. Um, I, I like Hamilton, the rookie safety. Um, so Trubisky, I think, was confident. Uh, I think George Pickens and Deontay Johnson both played pretty well against a talented secondary. But at the end gonna... of the day, it's just those costly interceptions that really cost them in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see, if you turn the ball over three times, it's it's hard to get anything going. And it, it was, now that you say it, I didn't think about it with, with the numbers as much then. No three and outs. They, it did feel like they were moving the ball, and then it was. It was just costly turnovers, a couple uh, in the middle. Uh, the one, it looked like he was just looking down Deontay Johnson, and, and the linebacker came over. I guess there was like a crossing thing, a crossing route. Um that always makes me nervous. I feel like a lot of the Steelers kind of plays end up with multiple receivers in the same area. So the quarterback kind of has to have the perfect throw. Yeah. A lot of like uh level concepts, it seems. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would rather uh, have like a more spread out offense where you could get pickets, take the safety down the field. Maybe Deontay Johnson drags underneath, but yeah, it seems like there's just, that creates too much traffic in one area. And honestly, the Steelers don't really have the playmakers at the moment that are, you know, going to be making the plays with spectacular catches for all the traffic in the area. Yeah. And and it seemed like the, the interceptions were, were all three of them kind of between the hashes. Yeah. I know that the two or behind, between the numbers for sure, but yeah, the, the last one was just kind of like a, a deep ball to the end zone where Trubisky just seemed to overthrow everybody. Yeah. Um, you, you obviously don't want to see that. It looks like he's playing with a little bit more uh, or less, uh, less timid, I guess, more to win than less to, you know, afraid to lose it. Um, there's a lot of hate on Trubisky this week. Um, and I understand three interceptions, but it it seems like he played just as well, if not better, in my opinion, than Kenny Pickett would have played. I mean, when Kenny Pickett has multiple interception games, it seems like everyone wants to say, He's still learning or developing, but once Trubisky does it, you know, all, all fire breaks loose. You know, every the house is on fire. It seems. I don't know. I just I, I feel like Trubisky made more plays than Pickett would have made. I mean, and, uh, I, I think it's just yeah, fair. To, I think it's just fair to say that everybody wants Pickett to just be better, so they're giving him the more leniency than they would give Trubisky. Um, like equal, uh, they're gonna lean towards Pickett. I I don't. Pickett has been throwing less interceptions in the last couple weeks, so I think people would think that he wouldn't throw them today or uh, Sunday, the way that uh, Trubisky did. But I mean, who really knows? Um, I do like Pickett more for the long term, and I you know you don't see Trubisky as the future, so that's why they're you know really pulling for the rookie Pickett. But I think uh, unless. Trubisky led them to a win uh, handedly, then, you know, they're, they're going to complain. Yeah, and it, it is smart to develop uh, the, the rookie at the moment. I just felt like, uh, you know, some of these easier games, this is kind of the game Steelers could win. Maybe if you really wanted to uh, m- m- make a push late in the year, at least make an uncomfortable scenario for your AFC North opponents, I feel like Trubisky may have given you a better chance to win, but... Being what it is, I'd rather play Pickett, too, and develop him, even if it costs you a few games, because they're not built for a playoff run. I mean, I, th- I think that's that's what everybody has to know, and maybe that's that's why. They they know Trubisky. Every time Trubisky's in, it's like the future is being put on pause longer. So I think people just want to see that, that the quarterback of the future succeeding, so it feels like, okay, this isn't for nothing, even though we know, you know it's not going to be a playoff team. Uh, it's something to um, have hope for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, still, so, uh, State Steelers run game again not existing this week, and I mean they couldn't stop the run whatsoever from Baltimore, and that really was the difference maker. Um, Steelers as a team were held to over or to under seventy total yards, whereas Baltimore almost had two backs break that alone. Um, J.K. Dobbins averaged eight yards a touch. 
uh, Gus Edwards added 66 on the ground off just 13 attempts. And, uh, yeah, again, Steelers are just so weak inside defending the run. And even the backup quarterback and third-string quarterback were able to come in and make the plays necessary. I mean, they were made turnover-free. And uh, this is a game the Steelers should have won, but obviously they got outplayed. Maybe, I I don't have any stats in front of me, and maybe I'm incorrect, but it feels like whenever, like, a team's backup or third-string quarterback comes in, the Steelers, like, don't put them away the way they should. A lot of teams do kind of get that, like, fear of the unknown, or even the teams that play their backup. I mean, look what Brock Purdy did this past week. It's almost like a uh, you rally around the new coach or the new quarterback, whoever's playing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you see that. Uh, Baltimore likes Huntley as a backup, and I've seen him. Um, I, I think he's matured as quarterback. He's uh, a higher quality backup, in my opinion, definitely capable of winning a few football games. I like um, him in that system, too. It's not li- like it's this uh, – not that he is Lamar Jackson, but it's a similar kind of type, the elusive kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. It seems like Anthony Brown, the third stringer, too, is built for that system as well. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really need to throw. They only threw 17 times as a team because Steelers just couldn't stop the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you're, you're not going to win many football games if you're not going to get a team off the field just running the football. Yeah, you see that at the end of the game, and you know the Steelers have to make a stop to to get the ball back. I wasn't feeling like they were going to stop the Ravens at all. Yeah, Steelers, though, that they uh, had 264 pass yards to Baltimore's 94. Steelers had 6.2 yards per play, but, you know, just turnovers. turnovers, You know, you're expanding drives and uh, moving the football, but then turnovers don't. If you're not pointing the points on the board at the end, you know, and Baltimore takes advantage by running the football and, you know, able to kill some clock and put up a few points. It's You're not going to be able to beat a team like that, turning it, the ball over, especially if you can't run yourself. It is. If you look at the box score, the stats at the end of the game, and you see, okay, whatever team had this many yards, more yards passing and rushing or total yards, you think that's like that that one of the better signs, but I'm telling you that the turnover battle, the the if you win the turnover battle and just, I think that's the number one uh, way you you see teams win, winning that turnover battle. Yeah, it's true. Then you not know, making dumb penalties, things yards, like that. Yeah, yeah, but you're able to take the ball away. Yeah, then I mean, it's okay to allow those yards to be able to get get the ball back to your offense and. uh there's, there's the block field goal, too, that took points off the board. Uh, Clayce Campbell readjusting, uh, blocking Boswell's kick. And, um, yeah, again, just their special team struggles as well as their offensive and defensive struggles as well. Um, Clayce Campbell might be one of the all-time best, like, field goal block players. Like, if it, the NFL <laughs> had an all-time, like, special teams, like, if they had, like, this is the best offense, defense, this is the best field goal block interior player of all time that I've seen. I feel like he, he blocks a kick at least once a season. Yeah, he has that big, I think, 6'8 frame, they say, and just long arms. And I, I agree. I, I see him. Um, it does seem like every year, or at least every other year, he's getting his hands on a field goal. Yeah. And, I mean, j- just yeah. somebody of that size in the middle. I, I couldn't imagine playing quarterback against somebody like that. I mean, he is getting a little bit older now. But that's just such a mountain in the middle of the field. I remember when when I played in high school a little bit, there was a JV game, and we took like our backup tight end and our backup quarterback just because they were both like six six, and threw them at defensive tackle in the one game just so they would stand up and get in the quarterback's face. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're doing. Uh, you see him too, kind of like a JJ Watt type at the line. He would knock passes down and get pressure on the quarterback, and he's just so hard to block that to the point on a field goal. Yeah, if you able to jump a little and get hand up, it's going to be tough for you know to get your kick away from a mountain like that. They do make it tough since you, you see like uh, occasionally the uh, the leaping or whatever when they jump over the center or whatever that kind of thing is. I feel like they they have that penalty called on like big kicks more often than not. You never see it on the the extra point. Yeah, and you see a lot more blocked kicks in the league nowadays, too. I don't know if it's just a better way of coaching or if the players are better at timing things. But, yeah, I think that, that also leads to more leaping penalties because maybe teams are taking more risks of doing it. Any other 
thoughts taken away from the Baltimore game. This is the f- that's the first time they they played Baltimore all year, and they're playing them. I think they play in the season finale as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they play them later in the year. Jackson should be back for that one. Um, but you know, Baltimore's built for a playoff push. Steelers aren't. Um, JP, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you would know this. Are all the games in the final week? Are they all divisional games? Oh, they have been the past couple years, I believe, so I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if it is this year. I, I like that. I think that's a good idea because that's a, a lot of times that could be. It's almost like a de facto playoff game for a lot of teams. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule now. Buccaneers are f- play the Falcons, Patriots, Bills, Vikings play the Bears, Ravens play the Bengals, yeah, Lions, Packers. Uh, yeah, just quickly looking at it, every team is a divisional game in the final week. It's like a smarter way of doing it. Oh, I guess the Steelers so, play the Browns in the final week. But they, yes. they do play the Ravens, which is stranger because then that's just like, what, they play them twice in the matter of like four weeks. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it seems like there's always that game game or two every year where like you do, everyone seems to play their division opponent like two or three weeks apart at some point. It, it is strange. It, wouldn't, I, it, I like makes it, it makes it uh, makes sense to play them like once in the first half, once in the second half. Because I mean, you pl- you play a divisional team or whatever, and th- like, say your quarterback's hurt for the first four weeks or whatever, and you play the Browns twice or whatever, like that completely changes the, the outcome of the game. Yeah, week seventeen um, are the Ravens. So week fourteen Ravens that just happened. Then we have the Panthers, the Raiders, and then the Ravens again, and then ending with the Browns. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, favorable schedule, uh, all things considered, but. Again, like if you're not gonna make a playoff push, I kind of hope they just kind of. I don't want to say tank, but lose lose some of these. Do you get that earlier? Do you think they're gonna win their way out of a good playoffs or a good draft pick? Do you think they're gonna keep making that push? It seems like they've already done it, so I think that they'll continue to do it. Um, And this schedule, I think they could get two, at least two more victories down the road on the schedule. yeah, uh, one thing I was going to say, too, if that puts Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati, does that put them in a matchup for the last week of the season? Because that's definitely you know a go-to game to watch. That might have a, a playoff home game implication on the line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, a lot of these, yeah. The, the Steelers play the Browns, so the Ravens play the Bengals. Mm, yeah, that's going to be one to keep your eye on because that could come down to the, the king of the north right there. Some of uh, some of the uh, NFC East matchups might be important too. Although you see the Eagles starting to pull away, uh, Dallas is ten and three, and then the Commanders and Giants both at seven and five. Um, possibly all playoff teams still, but not as close of a pack as they were weeks ago. They're all better than the NFC. What is it? Uh, NFC South. South yeah. Yes, I mean, that's those are going to have playoff implications down the line. Both games are something to keep an eye on. Speaking of the NFC South, I'll tell you what. The Buccaneers went into uh, uh, San Francisco and just got murdered. Destroyed, yeah. I'm telling you, they're just, they don't do anything well. They're not, they're, they're, they're not good. The Buccaneers. Just the way of saying it, yeah. If the Buccaneers had the entire, if we're the entire same team, but Tom Brady's name wasn't Tom Brady, uh, would anybody have any faith in them? No, it's because of the quarterback play. That's what it is. And, I mean, Tristan Wirth's missed the week. And, uh, I mean, they've been banged up all year. And they're just they're just not very explosive. They have no run game. Defense has regressed drastically. And, I mean, Brady's not playing as well. I, I understand there's a lot going on in his personal life. and I There's a lot going on in a lot of professional players' personal life, though. It's yeah. not like that's the first time there's been, a, you know, family problems in the NFL. I think that team has a lot of issues, and Brady isn't playing his best football, but I also don't think he's the issue of their struggles. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought I was going to say something else. Oh, I did want to touch on that because we were talking about the, the 49ers. They looked like a hell of a team, and, and Purdy looked pretty pretty good. Yeah, I, and uh, that's I, I had faith in Purdy, actually, uh, this week. I think uh, – even if I want Jimmy, whether they have Trey Lance or Jimmy Grappolo, they win football games. Um, it's not necessarily the prettiest style of football, but they're winning games scoring 13 points for Grappolo under center. I figured if you put Purdy in there, a guy that just, just distributes the football, plays assists of Shanahan once, they could potentially put up more points on the board if a guy is a little bit more athletic than Grappolo. I don't, I don't know that there's a better 
team to go to, uh, a better team more equipped for a quarterback loss kind of it's like the the probably the 32nd team where quarterbacks are the most important it seems like the quarterback is just any other role player on on the 49ers yeah that that team's just built to get the ball to your playmakers quickly so in the past games get the ball to Devo Kittle one of the bats out of the backfield and then obviously it's ground and pound and control the line of scrimmage so it's almost where it's almost like a 50 style of offense where quarterbacks kind of not as important as some of the other pieces on the 49ers. Yeah. The H back or whatever <laughs> they got uh, Jim Taylor coming out. Yeah. They uh, play defense and run the football. And it, it's, it's cool to see Purdy uh, was Mr. Irrelevant. I don't know that any other player has really had any kind of impact um, as the last pick in the draft. I think there have been people who have like been in the league and stayed in the league, but um, definitely not uh, beating Tom Brady in his first NFL game. Yeah, it's the first time anyone in the first game has ever beaten Tom Brady. Um, and it wasn't even, it was not like it was a close call either. <laughs> he just dominated. Dominated him. Yeah. Um, and it's again, like, I think the 49ers are just a great team start to finish. And McCaffrey uh, made a hell of a catch on the one. He, like, caught yeah. it and then had it knocked out of his hands by a great defensive play and then re caught it before he went out of bounds. Yeah. That was great. Um, I think, uh, yeah, like 49ers are going to have a playoff push even without their first two quarterbacks. I think, uh, I don't know if they'll go on the road and beat, you know, a Philadelphia or anything, but I think they're built for a, a pretty decent playoff push here, even with Purdy under center. I know there are rumors of them going for Baker Mayfield, but I would have stuck with Purdy over Mayfield. I think that bringing Mayfield would have disrupted the locker room. So I think Purdy's the right choice. I agree. I don't know that the 49ers win that game with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Yeah, Purdy knows the offense. Guys are confident in him, and I, I think they're built for a push here. Yeah, it's definitely uh, – th- they have a hell of a team. I'm interested to see how far they go, and uh, they, they're probably the best team in the, in the NFC West right now, I'd say. Oh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, far and away. Uh, Seahawks are, are secondary. It's it's crazy, though. You, you see uh, their record. They're only – the Seahawks are two games behind the 49ers, but – I feel like the 49ers might be uh, – I think they uh, – besides the Eagles, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I, I, I respect that too. The Vikings are definitely good, but you just saw the Vikings get beat by the Lions. The Lions are looking pretty good too now. Yeah, but Vikings' defense has just been a struggle all year. They're, they're, they allow a lot of points for as much as they score. Mm-hmm. And, all right, JP. Um any, well, I guess we didn't preview Steelers next week. Who who do the Steelers have? I just said uh, uh, Panthers. Carolina. So this is. Uh, do you have the spread or the Steelers? I would assume they're favorites against the Panthers. Steelers are actually a two and a half point dog this week. So it's basically straight up, but since they're playing in Carolina, yeah, that's most likely. Yeah, they're uh, on the road, so they're getting the points here. Um, it's two bad teams, you know. Carolina though has. A shot to win their division, so Pittsburgh's going to get the best look at Carolina. Sam Darnold's also 2-0 and this year with uh, Carolina, so I'm interested to see how that goes. It's such a shame that Carolina right now is second in their division. Yeah, and, and they're nice. again, like Carolina is a trash garbage team. <laughs> I think they could be the worst team outside of Houston if you just look at like their roster. Not to <laughs> mention their. Um... <laughs> Uh, like the Steelers are three and zero against the NFC South this year. Like they'd be winning that division if they were in it. <laughs> it would. It would be yeah. So such a different uh, feeling. The Steelers. Oh, excuse me. The Steelers, however, according uh, to NFL.com, are still on the bubble. Um, uh, if you're looking at the uh, the playoff uh, uh, the playoff picture, but we have. Uh, I guess the only team that clinched a spot right now are the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and the Panthers are right on that bubble. I'd like to see how far the Lions could go if they if they make it in. Yeah, me too. I've, I've been pulling for them for quite a while now. I'm excited for them. Um, Steelers on that bubble, though. It's that's like if they <laughs> they're gonna have to win out, and a lot of teams are gonna have to lose. Yeah, so. that's just because they're not mathematically eliminated for right. for all intents and purposes. H- they are. Houston might be the only team mathematically eliminated. Oh, oh if you, I scroll down to the bottom, I'm so glad I did. JP, there are three teams mathematically eliminated right now. Um, as of what? Are two of them in the NFC then? 
Uh, sorry, I just scrolled away. Uh, only one is in the NFC. Oh wow, that's um. Is Denver eliminated? Yes. Wow. I was going to say you quarterback the team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's just been a mess all year, Denver. Um, It's crazy. Yeah, I saw Seattle. I saw – how about I saw this today? Seattle's picking second in the draft through Denver, and then I saw Philly's picking fifth through the Saints, and the Lions are picking fourth through the Rams right now. Oh, wow. That's three top five picks that were just dealt. I'll tell you what, that's ended up being a pretty good pick for the for for uh Detroit. Yeah. It would've, I would have never guessed that going into it. Yeah, and Goff's played better than Stafford. So I mean the Rain don't have to win win because the Rams got the one Super Bowl they were looking for and now the Lions could really build for a future here. Yeah. Did did you guess the uh other team? We have Houston and Denver both eliminated. Oh, in an NFC team. Um I could probably figure it out. Would that be Chicago. It's Chicago. Chicago was also eliminated wow. at three and ten. You thought with yeah, wow. You thought with Chase Claypool they'd be a playoff team. Yeah, well, they're 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 building for the future, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess the 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 Bears have to just think. Let's just not have any of our key players, Justin Fields, injured. Let's not tear any ACLs or anything. Right. I mean, yeah, they're going to draft somebody new for him to play with. Um. And- uh, bears are a mess too. But we'll see how they how their off season does. <laughs> uh, to um, get uh, to get back to uh, the Steelers Panthers though, the Steelers are getting points. But what are you expecting from the game? I b- believe it or not, I actually like Pittsburgh to win this week. That they're capable of beating bad teams, incapable of beating competitive teams. Um, but I, I I like them this week. Carolina, much like the Falcons, they just ground and pound. They uh, d- don't throw the ball downfield much. They've had, what, three different quarterbacks this year, so there's inconsistency there. And uh, Deontay Foreman's ran the ball pretty well since taking over as the starter, but he's just not as explosive, I feel like, as Dobbing, Dobbins. Like, I feel like the Steelers play better to that more power type of running back. Um, I think they can limit him. Uh, Ch- Chuba Huber at the second back, and Blackshear, their other backs, um, also change your pace, but not dynamic. I think if they can limit the run game, force Darnold and the Panthers to throw throw the ball, I think they can hang in, in there with them regardless of Pickett or Trubisky's under center. Um, yeah, I, I like them to get pressure on the quarterback. And, uh, I mean, Steelers' special teams this past week is really what cost them big time. There's the Harvin punt that only went for 17 that was and, one of yeah. the worst punts i've ever seen like they, they, nobody even got a hand on it it was just trash and it seems like every year harvin has one punt that's like under 30 yards or so yeah like that that's one of those plays where it's like no joke i could do that right <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that he had another punt that was a touchback that they couldn't convert into you know a, a down within the 10 or 5 and then uh uh, James Pierre also had a penalty on a punt return that would put the Steelers at half field. So I, I think they can clean up the special team, special teams errors. And, uh, you know, I, I think Carolina has a less talented defense than Baltimore. I actually think the Steelers can uh, come away for W here. I fear that they will just because I know that they're going to end up with like the 16th pick or something dumb. <laughs> Uh, I, I I really don't. I mean, like I, I like you were saying. I I feel weird saying like you hope a team loses that you root for, but like it's what's in their best interest. It's tough love. They they need to uh, uh, find a way to lose. JP, going into this, it, how would you expect them if the Steelers find a way to win? How do they do it? And if they lose, how do you think it happens? If they lose, it's going to be because they struggle defensively to stop the run, and then Darnold just happens happens to have himself a day kind of like how Bortles did in the playoffs when they met or Tebow in the playoffs like sometimes these bottom tier quarterbacks find a way to move the ball against Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has historically speaking plays to their level of competition so to speak so it could just be that one big play Carolina makes the Steelers fail to make could be what costs them the game yeah but yeah but I, I, I like what they have um, this week actually I think um, they'll be able to run the football a little bit better this week. Um, offensive line for the Steelers, they've had the same five guys all year. I know it hasn't been pretty, but 
I'm seeing some improvement, and I think they'll be able to, um, you know, uh, build some confidence this week, so to speak, against an inferior opponent like the Panthers. Um, I think they're going to have to control the football, convert on uh, in the past game on, like, intermediate routes, so to speak, because J.C. Horn is is a uh, great young corner, so I think he matches up well with Pickens, so look for more plays for uh, – Friar Muth and Deontay Johnson to get involved. All right, JP. Are we ready to move on to making your picks? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. Um, before we jump into your picks, I'm just looking at this. JP, take a guess. Uh, this is passing touchdowns in the NFL. Can you tell me the top five? Two of these guys going into the season, you're not expecting to be on this list. Top five guys in passing touchdowns. Yes. Currently. I know Mahomes is in there. Isn't he one? Mahomes is one at 33. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew he was in there. Uh, is Tua? Sorry, Tua? Yeah. Uh, no. No, okay. I didn't know if he was just outside or what. Um, Josh Allen's still in there. Though. Well, actually, shit. Now that I'm looking at it, I guess he's tied for fifth. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like four guys tied for fifth. Now that I look at it, so I, I guess he is. That wasn't the answer I was going for. But okay, well I'll I'll say name the top four. The the guys tied with twenty two. We have Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, and the guy that was listed here as five was Jared Goff. Nobody expecting Jared Goff to be fifth in touchdowns passing. Yeah, well, like I said, Goff, Geno Smith's up there too. Yeah, correct. He is. Play. He's number four. Those were the two yeah, guys yeah. I was getting at. So we have Mahomes, one at 33, Burroughs, two at 27, Josh Allen has 26, Geno Smith has 25, and then Goff and a handful of other guys have 22. Yeah, these are guys that are just uh, – they're pulling up points on the board. They're not really uh, – you know, guys who you don't see as the best, but, I mean, Geno's got a great one-two punch wide receiver, and Jared Goff's got a whole arsenal of receivers that have been impressive. I'll tell you what, Lockett on Seattle just seems to make the plays when they need them to. I know, I've been a Lockett fan for years. It's the first time I actually got him in one of my fantasy leagues, but I've had my eye on him for about three or four years now. He's just a guy that, uh, he's not just a returner or a speedster type of player. He's capable of, you know, making the plays necessary, and I think you could argue that he's uh, even better than DK Metcalf in many ways. Oh yeah, I, th- I think he's I think he's more important to the team, kind of. Yeah, Lockett's a good like locker room guy. He's been, he's been there for a while, but he just always produces regardless of who's under center. All right, JP, let's get into your picks then. Actually, while we're th- while we were just talking fantasy, I'm just got I'm pretty sure I just got eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, uh, my team was dominant. In the first half, and then Cooper Cup. I'll tell you what, Cooper Cup going down uh, screwed Chris Hopper's crazy team, according to what Yahoo named my team. <laughs> Cooper Cup going down screwed a lot of people's teams. Uh, I don't care about the Rams <laughs> fans. They're all garbage people anyway. Let's get into oh, your picks. Man. They're gross people now that they're in L.A. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Number one. Uh for the first time all year, I'm going to put it in my top five picks. I'll take the Steelers this week. Oh, I like huh. them at plus two and a half. Apparently. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, yeah, uh, kind of like what I said earlier, I feel like Steelers are going to be able to play defense on this team. I don't think – I don't like Sam Darnold under center. The Panthers just don't have many playmakers offensively. And it's a team that the Steelers should be able to win. And getting the points, I think, is big. Um they start Trubisky, like I said. I think Trubisky could win you games now, um, maybe more so than Pickett, but I feel like whoever's under center, they should be able to move the ball against Carolina. Um, Carolina's actually third fewest in the NFL in passing yards and the second fewest in passing touchdowns. So they're right up there with the Steelers. Steelers are actually fewest in passing touchdowns. I was just going to say, I bet, I bet the only <laughs> fewer is the Steelers. Which is funny, but yeah, well, I've seen improvement from Pittsburgh over the past few weeks, and I actually like them to win this week. <laughs> this is the funniest thing. I, I clicked on touchdowns like we were just talking about, and then I wanted to see who had the least. Who They just made the least. Guess who is, according to NFL.com, this person is last. I'm, uh, there's probably hundreds of players with zero, but this is who they chose to be the last <laughs> place. Who, who? Is it like wide receiver? Oh, it is. I think it might be in alphabetical order the way that I look at it now. Oh, okay. 
But but last place is Devontae Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Devontae Adams, and then there's like Brandon Allen. I don't know who the hell that is. He's on uh, Cincinnati or something. Tyler yeah. Boyd's up there, Rex Burkhead, Anthony Brown. Although Anthony Brown's actually a quarterback, so that's not good. <laughs> uh, I think it might be arranged by guys who have past attempts, too. So Devontae Adam Adams has no attempts and completions either, though. Oh, no attempts. Yeah, that's random that they just made him first. Yeah, time. and then, like, Jamar Chase is up there. He has no uh, attempts or completions. Dalvin Cook. Tyler right, Boyd. Only people pass attempts. Tyler Boyd is one for one for a 23-yard uh, pass. Yeah, <laughs> I, had him in, uh, I had him in fantasy that week, I remember. I was like, finally, if he's not going to catch the ball, someone else will catch it for him. Who is his? Oh, he's a quarterback. Brandon Allen uh, on... Uh, Cincinnati has 100% passing on three for three. I think he might be number one for that. Let's get back to your picks. Let's go to number two. All right, number two. Uh, we mentioned San Fran and Seattle earlier. So this week, I'm going to take Seattle this week, actually. They're plus three and a half, and they're at home. Um, playing in, in Seattle is always like a playoff environment. and These guys are still competing for a division. I like Seattle at home. Purdy did get banged up last week. He came back, but he did get uh, hit. Uh, Debo Samuel had an ankle injury. He may not play, and uh, being down your best playmaker is going to be tough for a guy making his second career start in Seattle. Um, Kenneth Walker could be back for Seattle as well, and uh, believe it or not, Kyle Shanahan's career is 3-8 and eight versus Pete Carroll. Oh, wow. Well, I guess when he first started was when Seattle was at their like peak still, or coming down from their peak, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I think getting the points and uh, just being with the twelfth man in Seattle might be very difficult for Brock Purdy this week. Um, and again, they move the ball against Tampa Bay, but everyone does it against Tampa Bay. Seattle's a much younger team. Look for them to be a little bit more explosive this week. And uh, I, I actually like Seattle this week with the points. Alrighty. Number three. Speaking of Tampa Bay, I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three and a half against Tampa Bay. And like I said, Tampa Bay is just not doing anything well offensively, and their defense has been uh, a huge letdown this year. And uh, Tampa Bay only has two wins all year versus teams with a winning record. Um, they're 28th in total points, and uh, Tristan Wirfs could miss this game, and Vito Vea could very well miss it, too, as he got hurt last week. Cincinnati's been explosive the past few weeks. Jamar Chase is back. Um, Higgins and Boyd did have to come out of last week, so I'm interested to see who, who fills in. But uh, Irvin, the other receiver, filled it nicely. Joe Burrow's playing the best football. He's playing just as well as anybody in the league the past month. And uh, I like Cincinnati to win and cover this week. All right. I, I definitely like uh, Cincinnati, too. I think they're going to start really turning it on. Like, this is their mm-hmm. time that they're going to start really putting away some teams and separating themselves from the pack. Um, All right, JP, let's go to number... Number four. Four. I'm not really too excited about this one, but I'm going to do it anyway. Give me the Vikings minus four against the Colts. Um. Seems like every week I'm betting against the Colts, um, but yeah, um, Minnesota is coming off a tough loss, so I expect them to regroup and win this week. Um, Colts are 31st in total points, and they allow more sacks than anybody in their second in the NFL in interceptions thrown. Um, Colts have scored less than 20 points as well in six of their last seven games. And uh, there's only two games all year where Minnesota hasn't scored 20. I, I like the Vikings at home with their offense. Um, Colts still have Jeff Saturday coaching. He's still learning on the job. I think Minnesota's just more explosive. And uh, uh, d- d- despite their defensive struggles, I think that they can win and cover this week. JP, this random question. Where do we rank the Colts? As a franchise. So we're talking like all-time franchises. Obviously, you're going to put the Steelers, probably the Cowboys, Packers, 49ers. Those are probably the the, the, the top elite of of your franchises. Uh, then you have like your – probably even New England now. Although I don't know that they – like they've been recently good, but I don't know that they have the – 
the uh, luster that some of the other teams, the aura around them. Um, where do we think Indianapolis falls? Because they've had some really good teams uh, that never, like, that disappointed. They won one Super Bowl uh, with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, uh, Edron James, Peyton Manning, like these teams that we thought would make pushes. Um, where do you think the, the Colts rank as a franchise just in the, the history of the NFL? I think they're kind of like a, a top tier level two, kind of like the Broncos. When you look at just historically speaking, um, Colts actually did win another Super Bowl with uh, Johnny U. So you you gotta give them a second Super Bowl there, right? Um, no, I was, I was saying they Peyton, only they should have won more with Peyton Manning and them. Oh yeah, they should have. As a matter of fact, Edron James actually wasn't on that Super Bowl team. It was Joseph die, Strangely enough. Oh really? Where yeah. was he? Was he with Arizona then? Yeah, so Edge never uh, won a Super Bowl. Oh, geez, I didn't know that. It felt like he didn't go to Arizona until later in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they, they have two in their franchise. Should have won more Peyton. I mean, I know they were in another, but it's almost like the, the reason for that is because of Tom Brady. I mean, without Brady, if you would have played in any other era, Peyton Manning may have been the best of all time, but I think it's just playing Belichick and Brady throughout that time was such a setback for the Colts. I, I agree. I feel like they were the. It's not like they lost the Super Bowl. Like it was basically whoever won the AFC Championship was going to win. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, I would say like outside of the franchise franchises you mentioned, like Pittsburgh, New England, Green Bay, um, you know, teams like that caliber. I'd say they're probably in the next tier with uh, like Denver. Uh, I don't know. Like, like, I feel like the Raiders. A more interesting pick like they were so uh, dominant and they were so awful you know? I, I agree because the raiders definitely have the, the the fan base and the history they just don't have a recent history that's that's pleasing where, where some yeah. of the other ones do um mm-hmm. yeah. i i agree i i think they're they're a good franchise that's why i brought it up like minnesota kind of like in in that i i think they're in the, the next level um, if I didn't say the Bears, the Bears are up there too. They're right on, you know, the, the cusp. Uh, they need to have more Super Bowls, though. Yeah, b- b- Bears are kind of like they're more iconic than good. I feel like now that I been... think about it, now it's like, what the hell? Bears win more. Yeah, speaking, unless you look pre-Super Bowl era, in addition to everything when they had Gale Sayers and everyone like that. But yeah, they have one Super Bowl to their name and. Honestly, they don't really have much playoff success. Yeah, that, that, that's wild. I, I can only think of the one team, and it was ironically the one that the Colts beat in the Super Bowl, the Rex Grossman uh, Bears. And it, they've been in a poor division pretty much throughout their NFL career, too, outside of uh, Green Bay in recent memory, and uh, I guess the Vikings in the 70s. But, like, yeah, it's a lousy division you, you would expect more out of a team that's so historic with you know george hallis and all the guys yeah that that's what i'm saying it, it's it's strange that such a, a team with such like uh uh like that like i was saying that the aura kind of like it, it feels like they're almost on the level with the packers but then if you think about the history and like the players and stuff i i don't know that it's even close now the, the packers pull away yeah, easily. I feel like those, yeah, Packers are definitely the better, better franchise. Uh, four Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Uh, Bears haven't even had three good quarterbacks in their career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, the the Packers will probably be the first team right with three Super Bowl quarterbacks. I mean, not Super Bowl Hall of Fame. Uh, three Hall of Fame. E- yeah, I'm not sure if anyone else does at the moment. No, I, I think from what I've seen, okay. th- there might be two for a couple. Uh, Steelers will have two uh, when Roethlisberger gets in in a couple years. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't remember any other team that had the Aikman and Unitas maybe. Or not Unitas, uh, uh, Staubach. Uh, probably yeah, have... Romo's not going to get in. He was good, but he won't get in. No, um, I feel like Romo's almost on the same level as Edron James. Do you feel like Edron James was that dominant? Like, I feel like LT, uh, Ladainian Tomlinson was like a beast in that era. And I feel like Edron James was never like the LT. 
it was definitely never the best. And I got that way too when he got into the hole. But when I when you double check his numbers, they're very good. He has over twelve thousand career rushing yards and eighty touchdowns. So, I mean, he he was definitely much more dominant than I thought because he just never got the credibility that a lot of guys did. Yeah. But I mean, he does have quite a resume. But I mean, even the old decade team as well. Um, he he's one of those guys who kind of got hurt because uh, yeah, of uh, the people around him. Uh, only four Pro Bowls, Tedron James' name, though. But, yeah. It's yeah. Nice. There, there were some solid running back. I mean, like, LT was making it every year. Um, I I always love that era, as as we always talk about. But, yeah. Uh, Edron James, he's one of those guys, like, they just had such a dominant team that, like, I just remember Marvin Harrison just, like, dominating people quietly. And Reggie Wayne just being a beast. Mm-hmm. And Manning just being so precise all the time that Edron James was kind of, like, the, the afterthought. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely Peyton's team and uh, Dallas Clark as well. I mean, they were so explosive offensively and had a great coach. Head and, coach Jeff Saturday yeah. uh, playing yeah. center then, Tony Dungy. Yeah. All right, JP, let's uh, let's make your final pick. Number five. All right, team we referenced a bit today. I'm going to take Detroit minus one point against the Jets. Um, both teams have been impressive this year. Where are they playing, JP? In New York. Okay. So, yeah, the, that benefits the Jets. Uh, the, uh, they got to travel. Detroit's going to travel. But having said it, I just like the way Detroit's playing ball right now. Um, and they're, they're not as good on the road, but I still like them to take this one. Um, Mike White actually got banged up last week. He came back, but, yeah, he did get hurt. Corey Davis and Quentin Williams are also considered day-to-day. There's a chance they don't play this week. Um Jets also, they're only 20th in points scored, and but they're 6th in points allowed. So they don't score much, and they allow a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> such a bad combo. <laughs> but they're in the playoffs, you know. <laughs> they're just benefiting to that easy schedule. There really are. There's, like, uh, divisions that are just good and then divisions that suck. Right. I mean... That's a good division, but outside of their division, they have an easy schedule because of their placement last year. That's why I took Baltimore to win the division this year over Cincinnati, actually, was because Baltimore just had an easier schedule. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're taking care of that, but they're 2-6 uh, they're and six versus teams with a winning record when you look at it. Um, so Jets are struggling. They're kind of like the Steelers. They could beat the bad teams, struggle against the good teams. Um while the Lions, in the meantime, though, they're fifth in total points despite their record, and uh, in their last six games, they've been they're five and one. They average over twenty nine points per game. Opponents point per game, they only hold to uh, about twenty points, so they're scoring almost ten more points a game than their opponents, and they have a plus eight turnover differential. Wow! So yeah, yeah, Lions are just. I like what Dan Campbell's doing. They're just a physical football team that I think is going to be a nightmare matchup for the Jets who have a struggling offensive line. And, uh, you know, the run game's just been much less dominant since Brees Hall has been hurt. Do we think Jeff Saturday could be the next Dan Campbell? Because apparently, I mean, it's clear that Dan Campbell, I mean, he's been here longer than kind of, I think a lot of people expected him to be as the head coach. It seems like they just plugged him in and uh, he's, he's doing a great job. Yeah, Campbell had a little bit of experience with Miami. Saturday was kind of out of the blue. Um, I, I, I think Campbell has definitely earned himself another year. Players seem to rally around him. Saturday is uh, intense, too. But um, I kind of feel like that was just more of a favor to him. I think that they'll hire a new coach at the end of the year. Whether it's uh, I hear some teams may be looking at uh, Jim Harbaugh potentially again, and maybe uh, Sean Payton as well. Do you think Jim Harbaugh will leave uh, Michigan? The only way I would leave Michigan if I was Harbaugh would be if the Chargers called. That is the only team I would consider going to. I feel like that's just like such a perfect job for him. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know what his salary is or whatever, but I'm sure like some of these college coaches get paid pretty damn good. Um, I, I can't imagine he's hurting. And it just seems like that's where he's like, he's the he's the king at Michigan. Yeah, he's he he'll be, he could go wherever he wants and he'll be successful. Um uh, g- great success at Stanford, and then the 49ers were a mess until he took over. Michigan, again, was just not a f- 
not nearly as what that they weren't what they were in years past. And he's already restored pride to that organization. Um, and yeah, they're they're the two seed and they have a shot to go to the final. And uh, I think that Harbaugh has himself a, a great fit there. But he did talk about wanting to get the Vikings job last year, so there's potential he could want to come back. And uh, I want to come back for the Colts job or Houston or any of that. It's all a mess. I'd go to a team with. Justin Herbert and all these playmakers. So if there's any anyone who might be able to get Harbaugh or Sean Payton, I feel like it's going to have to be the Chargers. Yeah, a team that has a franchise quarterback in place already. You just need to come in. Is there a more, I don't know, backstabby is the right word, a more slimy uh, professional, well, I guess I don't know that it's professional. It's professional for coaches, uh, job than the college football coach because – I feel like they make so many like, oh, I'm going to come in, like going back, especially just for, for pit coaches even, Todd Graham coming in. It's like they're all snake oil salesmen. They come in, they they pitch you all this stuff, and then the second their alma mater you know, has a head coaching vacancy, they're gone. <laughs> That's just college sports for you. I feel like all of the NCAA is just a little like shady, like you said. Um, even if the, the player portal and the transfers – I understand it gives the players a lot more say-so over their career, which is great. But I think like it's also going to open major floodgates here where you're not going to see a lot of consistency with you know retaining players or coaches or whatever it is. It just I think the structure just of the sport needs to be a little bit better. Has paying college players officially made it the NFL minor league? That, that's a good question. I feel like... I mean, you're going to see quarterbacks who make a million bucks, but then their linemen aren't making any money. Yeah. So I feel like it's definitely going to create some sort of hierarchy in the locker rooms. And, uh, you know, I'm interested interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, because I understand, like, these athletes. Yeah, but when they get, get on the paid. next level, their quarterback's going to get paid more than them then, too. Yeah, it's true. But, like, at least everyone that fell is making millions. Some of these guys in college yeah. may not even go to the NFL, you know. Yeah, that 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 is a good point. It's like the 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 richest people in college are uh, stand to make the most money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I mean, uh, I don't think they should be punished. I feel like if, if I mean, with the money they're bringing into these schools, like if I knew my name was bringing in all this stuff and it was just going there, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Here you go, uh, you can have your degree for for free." Like uh, that that is cool. Uh, it's nice that they pay for that, but you're also bringing in what at twenty times the revenue. If you're looking at a good college player, uh, like they're bringing in millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, it it really is a, a tough, a tough situation without many answers at the moment. Because, um, like you said, like these players are what's bringing in money to the athletic programs, not just the football team or basketball team, but to the whole athletic department of these schools. Right. So, I, uh, yeah. the, the fact that, um, say, back to Michigan or Ohio State, any big school, Alabama, these football programs are probably paying for the swimming team or paying for the fencing mm-hmm. team or paying for whatever. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's nice to have that spread around. But, like, at the same time, these college players, um, they could get a job working at McDonald's. They could get a job working at uh, their mall or wherever they are, at their bookstore, at their school. They're allowed to do that, but they're bringing in millions of dollars in revenue for this. So why shouldn't they be compensated for that as well? Not to mention if they wanted to work out, you know, the the coaches and players, they're not going to want to do that. They're there to train for the NFL. That's really what they're training to do. So, like, they're not going to take time away from that. Well, and, you know, maybe you pay them in a different way. Like, make sure they get food. Make sure medical bills are taken care of no matter what happens to inj- injuries. I feel like that's stuff that should be compensated. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, I could see. I don't know. I, I, I'm always for if if you're bringing in money, you know, support the people other than the the you know the institution that's you know doing it too. I, I think the the you know the worker, the player should be compensated uh, if especially since they're the ones bringing in the money and and spread the wealth around. Obviously, have uh, all the college uh, sports, uh, you know, have them all funded. Yeah, it's still kind of like like a new thing that everyone's still learning. These, you know. these colleges are bringing in so much money too. Like, I I can't imagine like you, 
the the amount of tuition that this is going to be a side note from the sports show or whatever but the amount of tuition people are paying and it's not like they're paying these professors like millions of dollars either like they're they're they're, they're it's, it's a lot of money for an education, especially for your education. And if you go on further than that, mm-hmm. they're not paying the, the teachers that much. So it's like, what, where's the money going with things like that? So if the athletic, uh, whatever can bring it in, it's just another way to uh, make everything better. Right. Yeah. And then hopefully you could dish it out among uh, improvement facilities or, um, you know, b- better um, ways to educate your students that aren't just football players, but to all of them, maybe yeah. pay your professors more. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know where the money's going. You know, it, it's it's really hard to hard to tell. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's, I mean, they, they have their answers. I, I haven't looked into it other more than us talking about it right this second. So I'm probably completely wrong with half the stuff <laughs> I'm saying. Um, that being said, like they do bring in a lot of money, and I feel like uh, these athletes, you, you, you see them on the cover of a, a video game or whatever, like NCAA football makes, or like, uh, do they even still make that anymore? Or is that out? I remember they didn't, and then oh, they did That's been out for about a decade now, but I think I heard it might be coming back soon. I hope so. I love NCAA. Yeah, but, I mean, you see that. that it's all the numbers. It's the likeness. It's, oh, mm-hmm. okay, we know it's not listed as Vince Young and Matt Liner, but we know who it is. It's number 10 for Texas or whatever, 11 for USC. Like, we know who it is. So, I mean, you're selling all these millions of dollars in video games and stuff, and it's not going to the, the player. So I, I'm all about, you know, the, the image likeness or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. But I think then the, kind of what I'm saying is, like, that creates the idea where, Maybe Vince Young and Matt Leiner is making all this money, but then you know your D linemen aren't making anything. I I, I agree, and I feel like it, it's kind of rough for that. But I do like the fact that since they're going to go on to the next level, and it's going to be the pay scale, and also like if you're that disrupt, if you're Aaron Donald, you're going to get paid. Like I, I it, it's rough because you want it to all be the same, but it's like you're also getting paid based on the money you're essentially bringing in, like you're a quarterback with a big name, you're bringing in more dollars than the left guard. Yeah, it's tough too. And then these guys are done in like a year or two. And if you could transfer anywhere, there's just no guard guard, guard rails on it. But I'm in favor too. Like you said, like if you bring in the money, you should get some sort of, you know, cut of it. It's just, I don't know what, what a good solution is. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, God, I can't remember. There was there was something else I was going to say, and I started writing it down, um, but I just wrote um, college. <laughs> it was like you started talking. I wrote college something, and I can't remember what it was. But um, JP, anything you want to wrap up on? Oh, well, let's hope for a uh, I, I guess a, a Carolina victory. Let's get let's get that draft pick. Uh, t- tanking's never good for the locker room, and. Uh, it's definitely not best for confidence, but I, I still, I still want that earlier draft pick. I think that, uh, well, let's, uh, let, let's start, uh, rallying off some losses and get an earlier draft pick. I'm all about that. I'd like to see an early pick and just <laughs> see some playmakers and then just come back fighting next year. I don't want to, you know, limp into the playoffs for an early loss. I want to, you know, rebuild and then fire away next year. JP. Thank you, as always, for your time. Everybody, listen to the regular Poor Man's Podcast on Monday. Watch it on YouTube and Facebook. You can watch a live stream. Uh, it usually starts around 6.30. Depends when everybody shows up. Um, the guests and whoever's doing the show with me. Um, so tune in uh, this Monday. We have Michelle from Pittsburgh Foodie Girls. She's going to talk about the best places to eat in Market Square, um, especially during some of these holiday things. I guess there's a whole holiday market down there. JP, have you ever gone down for the holiday market in uh, Station Square? Or market square. No, I'm uh, I'm relatively close to the area, but yeah, I haven't been. Yeah, you're not missing out. I mean, they they have like a couple shops that looks cool, but like there's so many people. I remember going down for light up night a couple years ago, and it's just like (laughs) you can't move because somebody's right on top of it. But maybe it was because it was light up (laughs) night, so you know who knows. But um, I don't want to dissuade anybody from going down, but you know. Uh, I hate breathing on top of people. So, um, 
I guess listen to Michelle. What what, what a pitch for that. Um, but li- <laughs> listen to Michelle uh, talk about that. Uh, I believe Danny Kaufman is joining me, and Danny might be joining the show for good um, for the next uh, foreseeable future. I hope so. So we'll find out about that. Maybe a new uh, co-host for Poor Man's Podcast. And uh, what else we got? That's it. And then we don't have a show after that. We're going to be wrapping up the year. Uh, so Sports Guy JP, thank you again. For Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy. Yeah. That I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie.